Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, that's 1-800-259-9231. We are expecting uh, the G-Man, LG Grande, Gardner Goldsmith in at some point here tonight. It's, of course, a snowy atmosphere up here in new hampshire at the moment here and he's coming from across the state to be on the program to fill in for my uh co-host mark who's currently on vacation but the call, uh, the calls are still what this show is about so don't hesitate to make them about whatever you want at 1-800-259-9231 we start out with a story about the army corps of engineers now the last time you probably heard about these guys was in relation to the floods uh, specifically after hurricane katrina and of course they deserve the blame uh, for it. I mean, they were the ones who were responsible for the levees that broke. And this story, according to Time magazine, where on March 4th, three Midwestern University professors wrote to warn the Army Corps of Engineers that its concrete navigation structures in the Mississippi River were intensifying floods and that its plan to build more wing dikes and weirs would exacerbate a severe and growing problem. They called some of the structures designed to scour out the river's bottom so that barges could pass loaded cannons pointing at St. Louis and East uh, East St. Louis, waiting to go off in the next flood. Citing clear and unequivocal data from a dozen peer-reviewed articles, they declared that the the time to ask these questions is now and not in the aftermath of the next great flood. So you're talking about a group of experts from Midwestern University who told the Army, hey, look, the Army Corps of Engineers, look, you've, you, you're blowing this. You are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. What you're doing is not keeping people safe, and in fact, you're putting people at risk. So in the face of this overwhelming evidence, in the face of a dozen peer-reviewed articles, what does the Army Corps of Engineers have to say for itself? Well, the uh, gung-ho public works agency that bears much of the blame for leaving New Orleans underwater blew off the academics' concerns. According to Colonel Lewis Setliff, the commander of the agency's St. Louis district, he replied saying, I refuse to argue one side or the other and instead prefer to take the road which best ensures and protects public safety no matter the course of action. I'm completely confident that the Corps of Engineers has done this with regard to the river structure's to which you refer. The Army Corps is always completely confident, even when it's completely wrong. Its levees protecting St. Louis and East St. Louis survived this year's great flood thanks in part to dozens of levee breaks upstream that reduced the pressure downstream, but there's powerful evidence that the Corps' mania for concrete significantly magnified the flood's power. Army Corps structures aren't the only reason 500-year floods seem to be hitting the Mississippi every 15 years, but a National Science Foundation-funded database of 8 million hydrologic measurements suggested they're the most important of the reasons. Some more experts at various universities have calculated that the Corps structures are stacking up water during floods as much as 2 meters around Winfield, Missouri, and nearly 6 meters around Grand Tower, Illinois. So it's Essentially, they're making it so the water is going higher. The Army Corps of Engineers structures are making it so the conditions 
are worse. At least that's what the experts say, while the Army Corps of Engineers is saying, oh, no, no, everything's fine here. We're not going to comment on this. And uh, Gardner Goldsmith joining me from LibertyConspiracy.com. Always good to have you on the show, sir. Great to be here, Ian. Thanks a lot for letting me sit in on a snowy, stormy night. (laughs) And, of course, the government just makes things worse for people with natural phenomenon occurring. Well, I heard you talking about this on your show. I think it was a a couple of days ago over at LibertyConspiracy.com. Of course, we're here in New Hampshire where if you uh, were paying attention to to some of the news this past week, you might have heard that, oh, I don't know, about 50 percent of the state governments or not the state governments, but the 50 percent of the residents here were without power. And many of them are still without power. I mean, it's not 50 percent at this point. Ran into a guy still without power today, uh, bleeding his pipes, you know, and can't get any response from the government enforced monopoly of the power providers here and right because it's one size fits all you pick uh from the the government monopoly power provider or you have to put up your own so- solar panels or do something on your own you can't right. go and set up your own power company and start selling power to that's people. right and ian you know me i'm a pretty pretty laid back guy and yeah. uh just on the way over here another little little layer of icing was put on this cake of government malfeasance what happened? and misdirection I'm trying to come across the only east-west highway, as you know, in the entire state of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which is Route 101. And I left extra early, a half hour earlier than I normally would, yeah. to get on over here. Well, I had a police escort the whole way over. <laughs> Why? Because they had five or six interspersed public service company of New Hampshire uh, bucket trucks, mm-hmm. those tree picker trucks, all along this two-lane highway. And they wouldn't pull over. They must have had maybe three miles of cars behind them. They were going 25 miles an hour the whole way. Mm. From the minute I got on the highway to just getting off here in Keene, I was behind them the whole way. Wow. (laughs) I was just like, I mean, I'm lucky I don't have any hair. I would have pulled it all out. So so back to the story here yeah. that I started the show with, the Army Corps of Engineers basically saying, oh, well, everything's fine with our structures. What are you experts <laughs> at these universities talking about? Uh, the river engineering is the 800-pound gorilla driving these flood levels higher, said one of the experts who oversees uh, database and wrote the March 4th letter. We're not talking inches higher. We're talking meters higher. The notion that human beings in general and Army Corps engineers in particular are making floods worse is not new. Uh, floods are natural events, but they're unnatural disasters, in the words of the legendary engineer Charles Ellett. The water is supplied by nature, but the height is increased by man. In the past, those of us who described floods as man-made tended to focus on the construction of levees that forced rivers into narrow channels, the destruction of wetlands that once absorbed excess rainfall, and the overdevelopment of vulnerable floodplains. But now the professors have illuminated an even more serious factor in amplifying floods. The wind dikes and the weirs the Corps has been building, usually underwater, to train the waters of the Mississippi into the center of the channel. The main goal is to save money on costly maintenance dredging by encouraging the river to dredge itself. St. Louis District built nearly five miles worth of Bendway weirs and nearly three miles of wing dikes in the three years before the Great Flood of 1993, and they're still building similar projects. The data shows a startling correlation between new structures and the height of the water, even when the amount of water is held constant. Isn't it fascinating? If you you were to look at 
the difference between the government making choices about where water is going to go, where buildings are going to go, and individuals making choices with their own money. By definition, the government making choices with other people's money about where things are going to go automatically is a degradation and a retardation of progress. It can never be as efficient. Exactly. It can never be as efficient. So by definition, immediately, you've got a reduction in the standard of living and productivity of people. That's, That's just an economic axiom. Sure. But the emotion of this, when they go and do this sort of thing, the spillover is quite quite interesting because you think to yourself, okay, if this were a private company that were doing this, they had purchased some land, and then it turned out that they were some actions on their part were causing problems for people who owned property elsewhere, you would have some sort of a, a claim that they would make. They would have to work something out. Maybe uh, they would have uh, people, they would have a liability or well, something like that. Well, if I was like pouring that. sludge or something on your property, you'd have... Yeah. You'd absolutely exactly. be able to do something And, and people work that kind of thing out all the time. We had people, uh, I was speaking to somebody uh, nearby, and they said, oh, I can't stand the sound of the generators. I'm like, well, you know, do you have power at your house? No. Well, hey, I tell you what, you know, maybe you could work it out with the guy where every few hours you can switch over on his on his generator. You know, maybe that would make you feel a little better. Or you can buy some earplugs. Yeah, people can work <laughs> these things out. Or if they're they're in little groups and they voluntarily associate, they would have worked out these problems as the years passed. They would have mm-hmm. encountered these types of things. Oh, somebody wants to build someplace. Ah, gee, you know, we had a problem. Tom's place got flooded out. We better be very careful on this. We're a group of people who voluntarily agree. These people, they have no possibility of getting any sort of redress from the government No, when something goes wrong. Right, and when something does go wrong, and it does, uh, people's homes get flooded, their businesses are ruined, and who do they get to turn to uh, to go after? Well, you certainly can't go after the Army Corps of Engineers. They, like every other government bureaucracy, have uh, sovereign immunity. They're untouchable. In fact, the, uh, the engineers didn't even bother to return phone calls for the article the time was writing. They have uh, told one of the experts they don't believe they're increasing floods based on their engineering intuition. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. We'd love your thoughts on this or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. They include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to uh, prove that they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. That is, again, Shrine. Dot freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL, they know that the way th- uh, they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. So we started the yeah. show out tonight here. Oh, yes, and SACL, of course, behind your show over oh, yeah. at LibertyConspiracy.com. Thank you for the plug, so my friend. SACL makes it. the Liberty Media Movement go. I mean, it's because SACL's of awesome. SACL. 
Jason Oz, and so. he's my psychiatrist as well, man. Is he really? I get frustrated. You're consulting he's like, now? With hey, him? Gardner, talk to Dr. Oz. What, what's wrong with you, man? What's, what, That's what's funny, Dr. Oz. Yeah, he's got everything. He's he got needs liberty. his own show. Got... We need to get him his own show, Dr. Oz. <laughs> he would be great. All right. Seiko's awesome. Yep, 1-800-259-9231. You're welcome to comment on the Army Corps of Engineers basically just pawning off uh, what, the, what uh, many experts have said in a dozen peer-reviewed articles. Um, these are university professors who have written to warn the Army Corps of Engineers, hey, what you're doing is setting up – they're talking specifically about St. Louis, but I'm sure there are other examples of yeah. this around the country. Right. They're saying, look, you're setting these people up for greater flooding. What you're doing with pouring the concrete in the way that you're doing it is essentially what they, call, what they said was essentially pointing a cannon at the city. Can you, can you imagine <laughs> – uh, you know, it reminds me of the Boston Big Dig. You know, when Which, that, when isn't that, big... that finally done now after like uh, two decades or something? <laughs> well, they say it's done, but you know, there I don't know how many thousands of gallons of water are seeping in there. They had to set up pumps. I don't know if it's like thirty thousand gallons an hour or Whoa. some ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's basically flooding. They the only reason it's wow. not submerged because they it's have doing pumps. it in the wintertime. It's flooding now. It's yeah, it's basically. been flooding. It's been flooding. Um, I heard a report earlier in the summer it was flooding. It's still flooding. Wow. They haven't fixed it. I mean, you know, this is after a woman died. And then this company... After the concrete fell on her car? Yeah. That one? Yeah. 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 It's just, Crazy. It's, it's amazing, you know. Um, and these sorts and no of things... And no one's responsible. Yeah. And can you imagine if, if there were private building contractors building um, some, you know, high skyscraper or, or condominium complex, and they had 12 experts uh, from university professors to local engineers or whoever they might be say, you know, you're setting this building up to crash... And then if it did, you know, <laughs> oh no, that's not what we. Uh, that's not oh, what uh, our yeah. intuition tells us. And they would they would find the they would find that company criminal, criminally negligent, right? Or especially know? if somebody died as a result of what they did. I mean, if, even if the whole building didn't fall, even if the construction company dropped a pylon on somebody's head, right. uh, they would have some serious uh, making good to do. They'd have some reparations to pay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's restitution. Reparations. Uh, reparations, absolutely, and restitution. restitution. And the, the arrogance of the government people uh, behind this is just stunning to me. Now, you know, look. Well, it's we easy all... to be arrogant when you don't have any responsibility for what you do. Well, yeah, and you people... can just blunder around like a bull in a china shop, and nobody's held responsible. Yeah, yeah, and people can say, well, well, you know, guard, you don't have to live in St. Louis, so you know, the people who live there, they know the risks. Well, they don't know the risks. They're not do being they? told the risks. Yeah. They're I... being told that everything's fine. How many people know uh, that that? New Orleans, for instance, is under sea level. How many Absolutely. people know that? I mean, I didn't know that until I happened to find out about the fact that it was flooded. And I doubt very many people, when they're going in to buy a house, are taking that into account. I mean, it's been dry up until this point, and this house has never flooded before, so we'll buy it. We all, that's it. We all take risks in our life. You know, we all, uh, uh, some people, they, they can't afford much. They live in mobile homes. Uh, maybe the mobile homes aren't as weather sturdy or something like that. You make mm-hmm. choices. You know, uh, you, you're buying a less expensive uh, uh, foreign-made lighter car. Uh, it could be more dangerous in an accident, but you're saving money on gas. You it's make true. choices Trade-off. in your safety all the time. These trade-offs are very important, and they're economic choices. These people are not being allowed to make the economic choices that are essential to their lives because they're stuck under a government system. If this were a private community, there's no chance that the people who were living there would... And also, I think it stifles our initiative 
to look into making these choices. People don't bother. You know, uh, they was, feel like they're protected, right. so they don't think to look into these. Things. And, and sometimes they don't even know they have the choices. Like I mentioned, uh, you and I were talking off the air about my last my last podcast over mm-hmm. the conspiracy because. I was I was speaking with Jason Osborne, and he said, well, you know, in Ohio, we have a bunch of different companies, and depending on where you decide to live, you can hook up with a different power company, and in some cases, you have choices and things like that. We don't, we haven't had choices in New Hampshire for like 40-something years, so if I were going to go live in another state, it would never have even crossed my mind, unless a realtor mentioned it to me, if I were looking for a home, to say, oh, you mean I have choices on power, <laughs> you know, and what's their reliability? That's kind of how things. I felt when I moved up here. I came from Sarasota, Florida, where the government is your contractor for picking up the garbage. Yeah. You don't get to opt out of this service. Right. Uh, so I guess contractor is not the right term, but uh, they're your monopoly garbage provider. And you pay for it through the property taxes, and they show you your line item, what you're paying. When I got up here, I discovered that no one's coming to pick when what day's garbage day oh well right. it depends on what company you have what company i have right on are you are you for real i can actually hire my own garbage company up here there is no government monopoly garbage provider here right. and oh my god believe it or not the garbage actually gets picked up not only that but the garbage gets picked up and I've never once had them complain about anything. If you have the government monopoly provider, which I think most Americans do, then you know if you've tried to throw out certain things, they get all picky with you. Oh, well, That's you can't right. have that you in this bin. You can't in here. Yeah. Well, here there's not even mandatory recycling. I don't have to recycle if I don't want to, which I think is great because recycling is total BS. And if you watch Penn and Teller's BS on recycling, you'll completely understand Absolutely. where they're coming from. On that, well, it's mostly t- it's mostly BS. Aluminum that's probably worth recycling, but. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't really have any aluminum waste, so it, but it again, all goes to the But you can make a market for it, and you can find out whether it's worth anything. Well, Instead, that's right. you have the government making choices, and you don't know whether it's worth anything. So so there are uh, multiple choices to, to choose from, and I can put my garbage in unusual bins, even. Uh, where I come from, you have to have, uh, if you're living in the c- city of Sarasota, you have to have the city-approved container. So you have to use their container. You can't even use a regular garbage can. Here, I use... Uh, what are essentially totes. I use Rubbermaid right. totes because I had, you know, I don't want the the uh, the little beasties to come around at night and knock my cans over, which they'll do. I yep. mean, those skunks, they're hungry, yep. uh, so they'll knock the cans over and go through your garbage, and then in the morning, you've got to pick up a big mess, whereas the uh, the bins are essentially the, these totes that you can buy in a, at a Walmart or a Target with the locking things on the side. Yeah. No beast can it's get the in there. Go. Yeah, they can't get in there, and the c- garbage company has never once complained about it. They just come by, empty the bins, dump them in their truck, and they go, and, and you know what? It's one guy on the truck. Well, Instead he, of three guys, you know, two hanging off the back, one guy driving, it's one guy driving. He hops out the front, runs around, grabs the uh, the cans, dumps them in the truck, runs back around, gets in his truck and goes. And I guess if it's something really heavy, they probably call somebody else in to help with that. But for the most part, this one guy's got the, the problem solved. Good for those guys. And it's just an amazing awesome. just watching the innovation in the realm of garbage collection that I never thought... Oh my gosh, I never thought this was possible. I always thought I'd be forced to use the government monopoly. And and it, it bewilders people when well, we talk to them on this show. Like, well, you have private trash pickup? They've got the government engineer monopoly in St. Louis right now. 1-800-259-9231. Do you have a situation where you live where you actually have choices among power companies and cable providers and garbage companies? It's Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. 
But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition. Of course, the weekend before Christmas. Maybe some people are thrown off and thinking that we're not here, uh, but we're here. You guys taking your calls. You embody the work ethic. That's what it's all about, man. And uh, we're going to be doing really our dedicated. show live on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day as well. So I don't I don't have any confirmation as to whether we'll be live on the radio because we need a board operator for that yeah. uh, at the network. And I'm still trying to bribe them to come in because you got you basically they've got the day off, so I have to pay they, a bribe. Nobody wants to go in, sure, right, to get them to come in. Uh, but so I'm not sure if we're going to be on the radio or not on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But you will be able to listen online at freetalklive.com. So, no, so we might be uncensored on Christmas. That's a possibility. Well, there's so many great things to talk about at Free Talk Live, and you know, I want to I want to toot your horn a little bit here because uh, you know I sort of get to sit in with you guys, but I hear on the outside if I'm over at uh, Murphy's on Tuesdays here in New Hampshire, or I, I get emails from people. Oh, I heard you on Free Talk Live. You guys, you just make it fun to talk about really interesting stories that that allow people to carry a nugget of something, some learning, some different insight. It's we really hope that great, people man. are thinking about different things yeah. while they're listening to Free Talk Live, whereas the usual talk radio is just sort of talking points from either the Republicans or Democrats. You know what? Uh, real quick here, I just want to tell you about the Institute for Humane Studies, and we'll get right into your phone calls. They're offering free seminars over spring break this March. You can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical, liberal, and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference, and you can apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through 19th. So visit libertarianseminars.com for more information. That's libertarianseminars.com. Dot com. And just as an aside, Ian, I have to tell you that once you go to one of these seminars from the Institute for Humane Studies, uh, their contact with you continues. Um, I was just down in Boston in Cambridge. For a, a, a grad student at Harvard had a get-together of IHS alumni. Just had a great time talking to people. So you're an alumni if you go to one of these seminars? If you go to one of the seminars, oh, cool. exactly. And I've been to a couple of them. They sponsored me to work on a television show, which was awesome. Then after that, I just got something in the mail this coming February, I'm going to a three-day seminar. It's everything is paid for, all the flights, wow. all the hotel, flights. the food, everything's paid for, and they're sending me up a huge package of books to be reading about James Buchanan, economics, stuff like that. I'm like, wow, is, that's that's incredible. I didn't get this from BU when I went to school. At BU man, it took me years to pay that off, and I got nothing. Except and they're just sending it to you because you're an alumni. Is yeah. that the deal? Yeah. Well, well, it, they're particular alumni that, that you know, if you you're if you a select keep a, alumni. There are certain people in journalism that they they they, gotcha. they branch off, they find your field. Are you uh, in uh, in uh, journalism? Are you in uh, uh, script writing? Are you? Well, in that's some of the things they're doing with, with their seminars is yeah. they're, they're helping point people in the right direction to, awesome. uh, to go into those fields and bring in the message of liberty into the, the realm of journalism, which, man, do they need some liberty activists in their ranks. Let's go to your phone calls. Mike is on the line listening to KUSA in Washington. Hello, Mike. Hey, how are you guys doing? Just super. What's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I am the ultimate green uh, trucker because I transport the windmill blades. Oh, wow, those and, things are huge. Right, 120 feet long. Oh, wow, that is the ultimate truck that you're driving there. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, uh, but, you know, we just we just finished dropping a bunch off over here in uh, North Bend, Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they're going to put up a big windmill project. You know, this whole uh, diversification of deregulation of electricity, green, all this, it's the biggest play on words and garbage that I've ever seen in my life because uh, down in Texas where I operate out of, we have one big power company, and they uh, deregulated. So then like about 10 little companies splittered out of there, and the whole thing is none of them, are any cheaper than the original company, and the original power provider is the one that owns the power plants. So how are you getting a good deal? Right. It's like California. Do you you want to explain what deregulation (laughs) tends to really mean? Yeah, exactly. And you hit it so well as you're driving. Are you in your truck right now? I'm in my truck coming back from a work site, and it's uh, it's about zero degrees and... Pretty yep. nasty weather, but I still have good vision. Join the club, Yukon Cornelius. I dig it. You know, it, it's and and I think California is a perfect example. What you're describing in your past experience is another example. What they call deregulation nowadays is is a way, I think, a semantic way to try to blackball deregulation, to try to to uh, undercut to the free market. market. Yeah. Exactly. It's not deregulation. For example, in California. Uh, they allowed for sellers to sell the power uh, for private for new companies to come in to sell the power, but they set they set parameters uh, about which they the the sellers had to deal with one major seller. And and that was the monopoly that already existed. <laughs> so they couldn't do anything to actually change the rates because they all had to go to the same source originally. It was absolutely ridiculous. On the wholesale level, the rates were fixed, and and then on the on the retail level of the power, then oh, you're going to have competition. Well, how are you going to have competition if you have to go to the same source? All these other people. What a joke. It's the same. It's you just can't. Ridiculous. It's, right. And that's what they'll do is they'll say, well, look, we've deregulated. See, we care. We're we're letting you have choice. But in fact, they're just sort of rearranging. Uh, the, the deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, yeah. they're not really. There's no real significant uh, increase in freedom going on here. You're just changing the rules of an existing system. You're changing yeah. the rules for the existing players in the marketplace, basically. And you're not. I mean, if you wanted to go and open up your own power company, you'd be SOL. You'd, you got you, there it. would be no way you'd get uh, get approval there. If you wanted to jump into the game and open up a new nuclear plant or something like that and start serving power to people, no way would you be able to I get was, away. With I was that. saying to my friend Malcolm just the other day, because he was without power, he got a generator. I said, you know, Malcolm, if you got five generators, put them on, let's say you had a lot of property, put them on your property, and you led lines out to your neighborhood, you'd be you'd be SOL. They would arrest you. They would shut you down because you weren't the licensed monopoly, mm-hmm. and you were competing against them. You wouldn't be able to do it. And it's it's amazing to me. You know, I don't think people can really understand the visceral, visceral feelings that we, we have in situations like this. When you're without power for X number of hours, and you can't, uh, days, and you can't even get a response from the company. And it's cold. 
Yeah, yeah. and it's freezing <laughs> cold. It, you actually open the windows during the day to let in warm air into your 25-degree oh, home. You sleep <laughs> in a leather jacket and, and multiple layers with your hat on. I mean, and you're worried about your pipes. You know, if you go back man. to the caveman days, uh, they were really happy when somebody had the ability to make fire. And if that guy had the skills to be able to make fire, he'd make a lot of money teaching other people how to make fire. It's not He didn't need that, a license to do yeah, it either. We're not that far. <laughs> you know, when, when, when your house is very comfortable, I think a lot of people don't even think twice about where the power's coming from unless they're paying Until the bills. Until something goes wrong. And then yeah. if it goes wrong, exactly. And then when it goes wrong, you realize not having choice really sucks. Hey, Mike, are you still there? He's gone. He's gone. I, right. I I wanted to get a, l- a little more comment from him as somebody who's kind of in the business, but uh, he was talking about how he was delivering the uh, the big blades for, yeah. the, for the windmills, and there was a, a town here in New Hampshire nearby where we do the show from, a little town called Lempster, mm. and our, our co-host Wayne actually lives up there. Yeah, he's great. And they were in the process of putting up these uh, big windmills, and of course... Even though it's environmentally friendly stuff, you know, they're not burning coal, still the environmentalists were upset, or some of them were, because, oh my God, the birds are going to get hit by the windmills, and all the poor birdies. You know, so there was a big uproar over whether or not the windmills should even be able to be built. Well, the good news is they did get built, so that's good, but who knows what the bureaucratic rigmarole was like for whatever organization it was that put those up to actually get them installed. How long it took, the cost, the paperwork involved, the time expended... The hiring the lawyers, who knows what this and, uh, this was? I mean, it's Ian, just amazing. You know, I just wanted to say you started this, and and we've 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 come over to the energy subject, but you started this by talking about the Corps of Engineers in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and I just want to say to anybody who has romantic feelings about relatives who worked for the Car- Army Corps of Engineers or people who helped set up the public service utility and they were out in the cold, guess what? I don't respect you at all. You know why? Because you were engaged in legal criminality. You were taking people's money and forcing them to work with you in some way, whether they liked it or not. They were beside you invisibly by having to pay your salary without a choice. Talk Live, it is your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us. It's uh, the holiday shopping season, and it's not too late uh, to get to get like overnight delivery before Christmas Eve. So yeah. head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your shopping done. 41 categories in which to shop. Uh, lots to choose from. Even used items. Whatever it is you buy, Free Talk Live will get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As uh, we continue here with your phone calls, Paul is on the line in Texas. Paul, what's on your mind tonight? Hello, Ian. My name is Paul, long-time listener, first-time caller. Hey, Paul. Welcome aboard. What's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Well, uh, I was listening to y'all's uh, podcast from last night, and uh, your girlfriend, Julia, made some odd remarks on uh, atheism. Some mm-hmm. odd remarks. What, do you, uh, what did she say? I don't, I don't recall, for those who weren't here as well. Well, uh, she said how uh, any atheist, like she's known and whatnot, have always tried to force their beliefs on people. 
I don't know if she meant they were trying to force their beliefs. I think she meant they were very vocal about them and essentially trying to uh, to evangelize atheism, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, uh, like down here, there's a group of us that we always uh, hang out, and uh, we never try to uh, force on anyone. Most atheists that uh, I know and other atheists don't try and force their beliefs on anyone. They just don't believe what Christianity or Judaism or any of these other religions. So you're not going out doing atheist outreach tables or crashing Christian parties or <laughs> anything like that. You're just you're just uh, hanging out with one another. Yes. Okay. Well, no, no, no evangelical atheism. Clearly, she hasn't known any uh, atheists uh, like you. Apparently, she's gotten a real bad impression from a number of them, and I can see where that comes from. I, I can certainly, I mean, there are some sort of well-known atheists out there that make it their business to essentially promote atheism, and it's it's no different. They're not doing it any differently from those who would promote their religion, and I think that her basic viewpoint is she has her view, whatever that is. She doesn't even call it atheism. She's just a non She's just a, uh, I guess, a non-church-going person. She does not have a religion. She's she's unchurched, unreligioned, and uh, and that's where she leaves it. She doesn't meet and hang out with other atheists, and she doesn't uh, go and do atheist things with other atheists. So does that make any sense? Yes. All right, Paul. Any other thoughts on on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm only uh, able to listen to your show through podcasts because uh, I used to be able to listen online. But, uh, like, my home computer crashed on me. Oh, that's a bummer. And my school has this iCampus thing where we're able to use our laptops to work that they give us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, as I was going there, I uh, was able to get to your site. Uh, At the beginning of the year, about two months in, they blocked it under cult and terrorism. Yep, yep, wow. I've heard about this. I thank you for the call, Paul, and thanks yeah. for alerting uh, alerting me to that. It's not the first time we've heard that. We've been blocked from, uh, I don't know if all the government schools use the same filtering system or not, so I don't know if we're blocked from all government schools, but I believe we're blocked from the U.S. military uh, servers and uh, a lot of government schools. And, I mean, if if you work for the government, odds are good you can't get through to Free Talk Nothing Live. Nothing like freedom of speech, huh? Yeah, right. You know, you know, I was I was reading Andrew Napolitano's book, and I am really surprised. Is this a that, new one? He's got a couple, right? Well, yeah, I should say he's got a few out. This one was Nation of Sheep. Okay. And, uh, and man, you know, here's a guy who's on Fox News a lot, and if he were sitting down here with us, he'd be just saying, that is just absolutely criminal to be doing something like that. To be totally blocking out to the Free First Talk Amendment. Live's website? Absolutely. Absolutely right. It's just incredible. And then, in addition, to, to put over it the patina that somehow you and Mark, who are speaking about leaving people alone... Right, we're cult members. That you're, you're or terrorists. terrorists. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. And and this is really, is really all a surprise, part and parcel. Though? Well, you know, it's not, and it's very yeah. Orwellian, and, it, and it, it fires me up a little bit, because uh, it, they use it on their enemies, and I used to think, no, 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 people, the, people will deal more honestly in political debate than this kind of crap, you know? But they use these tools, they set them up, because they know in the future they can use them over and over again against anybody who opposes them. And you guys, shoot, I mean, what the heck? 
what what damage does it do to actually listen to you and Ian, uh, you and Mark, talking about uh, different options? It does do damage to those who are in favor of the state, to those who are statists, yeah. those who love the government. It does damage because if they're employees, I mean, you know, in the government you've got different sort of realms where the bureaucrats occupy, you've got the lower level bureaucrats who they're just they just want a job and benefits and they want a paycheck at the end of the week. They're not real adherents to any sort of philosophy necessarily. Yeah. Then you've got the people that are like the town city managers, the people that are the upper echelons of government, the uh, the senators and the governors and and the and those people, the the U.S. representatives and the senators. A lot up there. of backs getting scratched. Yeah, and of course the president. So the higher up you get, the more likely you're dealing with somebody who knows exactly what it is that they're doing, that yeah. they, they realize that what they have is power over other people's lives, and they have no qualms whatsoever with, with wielding it and, in fact, want to, uh, want to acquire as, as much of it for themselves as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you're dealing with the lower-level bureaucrats, it's like, well, you, you kind of have to come to understand that. And, and if they – if a lower-level bureaucrat comes across a message like Free Talk Live, they're more likely to be swayed. I mean, they're more likely to – to hear the message of liberty and and start to you know the gears will slowly begin to turn and they'll start asking questions and they'll start questioning their job. I mean we've had people who have been in training to become bureaucrats like a, a cop for instance right, or right. you know some other bureaucratic job. They've been in training or go, maybe going to be a lawyer, somebody that essentially exists off of the bureaucratic system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll come across this show and we'll get a phone call from them six months into their uh, listening to Free Talk Live saying. Man, I wish I'd never turned on your show because now I don't feel like I can go through with my career. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, so, yeah. so it does happen. So yeah. that's what they're afraid of, Guard, when it comes to blocking out sites like Free Talk Live. They have a real interest. The state has a real interest in keeping people in the dark, especially its own employees. I don't think, you know, uh, Murray Rothbard wrote Power and Market and you know, the two opposing forces. And I don't, I don't think some people see, they, they don't see with that sort of clarity uh, that these are the forces in world history, market and government. That's sure. what you got. And um, repression uh, in the case of government, absolutely. and expansion in the case of the marketplace. Absolutely right. And the the one can exist on its own. The other cannot exist right. unless it is parasitic off of the market. Unless it damages. The market. There's no way that government can exist without siphoning from the productive capacity of That's three true. individuals. And, but there's a very specific area of siphoning in which it can exist. I mean, it can't suck too much or else the market will essentially be bled dry. Yeah. And so so they have to be very cautious with how much they take. Otherwise, well, people will get tipped off to the fact that they're slaves. If they take, you know, 99% of your income, they'll get you'll, you'll figure out that you're no longer a free person at that point. Uh, but, but I don't think they could even get to that point. I don't think they could make it. Uh, they could not make the tax rate that high without having a complete collapse of of the economy. Don't you think? I mean, if they're taking ninety nine percent, absolutely right. Yeah, so there's happen. no way they could. I mean, they, there has to be a certain level of productivity from which them to siphon off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's if there's right. no incentive to be productive, then people will just stop being productive. Got to keep the sheep out there grazing for a while. You can't kill them all off. Well, did you see? Uh, and that's such an interesting analogy. And uh, Stefan Molnu over yes. at Free Domain Radio put Excellent. out a a, a sixteen minute long video uh, on YouTube, yeah. and 
he points out that essentially what we've got going on today is nothing more than farms. Yeah. That the, the, what you know of as countries, what you think of, oh, America, Canada, yay. Well, that's just a big farm. And it's not really that significantly different from the farms of uh, the olden days, which were much smaller, where they had, you had taskmasters with whips and people slaving and pulling cotton up and things like that. The only difference is that it's much more comfortable today. The farm is much more comfy. We've got uh, amenities. We've got heat and we've got uh, air conditioning and, and we've got uh, refrigeration. Refrigeration and you know all these wonderful things and our doodads and our cell phones and our computers and televisions and and beer and and things to keep us distracted and all distracting uh, us from the the reality that master is still out there extracting your wealth from you. You're out working in the fields. You're not actually in a field, most of you. You're in an office or a retail store or something like that. But the work that you're doing is not yours. It's theirs. They get to take first cut, and then they decide how much you're allowed to stay with. I mean, the slaves back in the 1800s got got food. They got a place to stay. So they got to keep some of what they earned, too. So you get to keep a little more today. It's like cattle being able to graze in this section of the field or go to beneath this particular tree, but they can never get off the farm. They can never. No, be well, you can leave this farm, farm, but you can see you're free, Gardner, in that you're free to leave this farm and go to another farm. Yeah. But there's just another master waiting for you with a different set of rules there, and so if you prefer that master set of rules, they'll the, the different masters have a you know an interlocking agreement where they'll let you go over there, but they'll also let a few people come here, and so in the wash it doesn't really matter if you leave or not. Someone, some master is going to extract your wealth from you, and I think that can be a shock for people. 1-800-259-9231. Did you know you were a slave? Hour 2 is coming up. It's free talk. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their site. Ours is free, freetalklive.com. And Gardner Goldsmith is with me tonight, uh, and he is uh, one of the few talk show hosts that also does not charge for his website. I'm cheap. Keep as free, as they say, at HomestarRunner.com. And you can enjoy Gardner's website at LibertyConspiracy.com, completely free. So, again, that's LibertyConspiracy.com as oh, we continue. Yes. and ladies, you will enjoy <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we continue with David in California. Your call's about anything. David, what's on your mind tonight? Actually, I was just listening to a station in L.A. Now they're brainwashing the slaves down there, getting them set up to, uh, to uh, get ready for this homegrown terror attack. How uh, they're they're recruiting how CIA is recruiting retarded children, and uh, it's just kids who are bored. I'm not sure I understand yeah. what you're talking about. The Homegrown Terrorist Act. What is is this something new or is this? Well, kinda... no, no. The HR HR 1951 yeah. or 55. It was uh, which the legislation put up uh, the Senate for uh, uh, radical, Okay, it's sounding familiar, as I recall. Was it actually passed, or is it still kind of... In- no, not yet, but they're working on it. In fact, I could hear the propaganda down in L.A. today. It was sickening. They had some gentlemen on um, who uh, 
uh, supposedly wrote a book called uh, uh, Leaderless Jihad and how how easy it is to uh, recruit uh, for Al Qaeda wow. using retarded children and 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 bored and bored kids like gang members in L.A. They were describing it as. Ret- Boy, that's that's quite a mix of strange terminology, and and uh, obviously these people are very very desperate to try to get people to de- continue to believe in this, uh, you know, national fascism that they've got going on with the supposed war on terror. Uh, yeah, so you're I not tried, buying into anyway. it. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, man. I, I tried to call into the show, and I I spent about ten minutes with the call screener trying to get through. I think they just fucked me. Oh, I think they put it out there. And then they, they get the people on the show who, who will back it, and that's all I heard. It was amazing. Yeah, well, a lot of the uh, talk radio out there is very heavily screened, and they do not want to let through dissenting opinions because the hosts of these other shows are essentially nothing more than talking point mouthpieces uh, for whatever it is their political party is, and so they are, you know, they essentially are. I don't know who instructs them as to the talking points, but they're given their talking points and they stick to them, and they take phone calls from people that are going to back them up, and they don't talk to people who have a dissent opinion, and if they talk to somebody who has a dissenting opinion, it's usually, well, my opinion's in favor of the other party, not yeah. any sort of dissenting opinion with any principle or understanding of liberty or freedom or anything like that. They never question the government paradigm. They just right. happen to be on one, one side or the other of the government. And Ian, exactly. you know, I wanted to bring something up while we have him on. Uh, I, I came to a realization after my show ended at uh, the, this particular radio station here in New Hampshire, uh, because a lot of people think, well, you know, you've got free speech on the airwaves. Uh, well, sort of. you sort of do, but not quite. And occasionally, you really run into the face of the the bureaucracy, the government influence, the oligopoly that you have. The fact that fewer choices exist than could exist, and therefore you're not getting the real deal. For it's not example, true free speech. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was recording the last audio for for the site, I was thinking about WMUR TV, which is the only network affiliate that uh, New Hampshire has. It's an ABC mm-hmm. affiliate, and they're the news for for New Hampshire. Are there everybody. any independent television stations in New Hampshire? Uh, there used to be, but Besides now they're all access? like home shopping things and stuff huh. like that. There used to be some, but uh, yeah. So now you've got a situation where uh, I said, uh, do you think you're going to hear anybody being critical of the public service company of New Hampshire or hear any criticism of that company on WMUR, where hundreds and thousands of people are? I mean, you walk down the street and everybody's ticked off at the public service company. You try to go to the door of the public service company utility office in Milford, New Hampshire, and a police officer grabs a woman's hand and says, you're not allowed in. Wow. You can't go in. So so I said, <laughs> do you think not only is the government trying to protect this this you know corrupt bureaucracy of the energy suppliers, but do you think Channel 9 will air any of that criticism? Of course not, because Public Service Company of New Hampshire is one of their biggest advertisers, and they don't have to compete with anyone. There's no nice. competition. So why would they want to lose that advertiser? I, I don't blame them. I mean, they are paying the bills, so I understand. It's and, and amazing. It's just amazing level of... Uh, of market, it's not even the marketplace acting. It's just the restricted marketplace being completely manipulated by right. the the parameters. Yeah, I'm on the air. We have someone, uh, a woman coming in from Siberia who compares our governor to the former communist leaders. The way he speaks at a based state on of the her state experience. Address. Yeah, she's laughing. She goes, "He sounds just like the former communist leaders." I can't believe this. They're applauding him for saying this is the state of the state address. They're on their feet applauding that. Mm-hmm. It's like Orwellian. So she comes on. It's brilliant, insightful analysis. 
I go over later and they say, hey, we can't have Tone that. Tone it down. You can't, yeah, we can't yeah. have that. We want to sell ads to these guys. It's like, well, I'm sorry. I want to provide content to the people who are actually matter to me, the listeners. I'm sorry. I, I can't be dishonest to them. David, are, uh, do you have any other comments for us? Yeah, we have the same problem here in California with PG&E. They, they manipulate the media as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's sickening. It's like I went down to L.A. I saw my friends and, you know, all the jobs are going away. The foreclosures are going. And I noticed that even more so than the last time I was down there, they're talking to me, eating in front of the TV just days, just days. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just see it. And there's, it's like I can't pull them out of the trance. Like well, people have been programmed uh, essentially to be dumbed down. That's what the government's indoctrination system is all about. The government schools is it's about keeping people in the dark. It's about uh, only giving them the basic education that they need to be a, a cog in the system, a functionary, uh, somebody who can go and show up to work and go home and get the job done. But that's about all. They don't question their circumstances. They don't step outside of the box uh, to use that cliche. And that's what the system is all about. And what you originally called about, David, is this uh, radicalization, uh, violent radicalization and homegrown terrorism prevention act. And the reason it didn't sound too familiar uh, to me was because it uh, passed the House back in 2007. So it had been a while since we talked about it. Mm. But essentially, what they're trying to do is to, from what I understand, uh, to expand the definition of terrorism to include, well, pretty much anything. I mean, you get caught with a joint. What's that? Thought crime? A thought crime, yep. Yeah, if you're associated with radical websites, radical organizations, right. oh, they might consider, oh, you're a Free State Project member. We yes, if put you're the anti-government, out. you're a terrorist, that kind of thing. Libertarian. So, Can you imagine? I'm talking to a buddy of mine today saying, hey, he goes, what are we going to do? I don't see, he says, I don't see anything other than civil war to get him out of there. I was like, well, that's terrorism now. Well, I don't advocate uh, violence. I think that no, we can. I. I, th- I think that we can solve this problem, and it is a big problem to solve. But I think it can be done uh, with voluntary action and peaceful solutions. And I think that you're going to see. I'm hoping you're going to see the uh, the, the progress being made up here in New Hampshire because we are gathering activists together, all in the same geographic location, and they are getting active in various different ways. And and it's it's going to be something the government won't know how to handle because they're. Des- Designed to handle violence. They're prepared for violence. They're ready for that. And they're ready to crack some heads. And they're ready to shoot back. And they're ready to, to deal with violence. But dealing with peaceful solutions, they don't know what to do. It's bewildering to them. And uh, they're going to be they're gonna be completely out of their element. And they're already starting to step in it big time. And the more activists come here, the better off we're going to be. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So expanding the definition of terrorism. Uh, to- and Ian, I think... I think- that's the way they're going to try to get at you guys and, and me. As uh, though we're all terrorists. Yeah, they're going to lump, they're going to lump in people who are just verbalizing, uh, expressing opinions and thoughts and ideas that, and and they have said that people who you know, characterize themselves as libertarians could be considered terrorists. Can you imagine to be associated with the word liberty? Can be yeah. can be construed as that. <laughs> so the way they're going to do it is what they're doing now, like you said, on military bases, not allowing the show mm-hmm. to come in on certain computers and expanding that, and then through PR means trying to make you guys look bad, like crazies and yeah, jobs. Yeah, and, absolutely. And which is why we can't be one of the main reasons why you can't be violent right. because you'll you be easily be really painted careful. as the uh, the madman. Yeah. Uh, but if you're if you're public and you're peaceful, then they can't possibly paint you in that way. They can't possibly. 
And that's what they want to do, and it will frustrate them to no end that they can't do it. 800-259-9231. Plus, if we keep laughing at them, even as they continue to be dangerous, awful, and tyrannical, if we keep laughing at the absurdities of government, that frustrates them, too, because they want to be taken seriously. They want to be everybody to think they're important. But if we're all laughing at them, then that really breaks down their veil of legitimacy. More on the way. Your comments about what you want. Free talk. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And it's Gard. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so if you miss a moment of the show... Go click and download. They're right there. Archives going back for an entire year on the front page of the website for your listening convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. And want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. It's coming up in early March, March 5th through the 8th here in beautiful New Hampshire. It's happening in Nashua uh, at the Crown Plaza Hotel, which is the same place it happened last year. And it is a blast. Uh, Gardner, you've been to the last two yeah, Liberty Forums? Yeah, so much fun. And they're so well organized. So many good things. I just I can't wait. We um uh, it's just so much fun. It's about 20 minutes away from my house. It's it's right off of one of the main highways north south to, to Massachusetts. Very accessible, very easy to reach. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're coming from the south, there is no toll on the highway as you're going up and it's a good spot. So I uh, hope people can check it out. Oh, so many cool people. We were just talking about Yeah, how, the names here. I mean, the the, the, yeah. the oh, uh, liberty-oriented oh. luminaries that will be here are I think this is probably one of the biggest lineups they've had yet. Yeah. And uh the full line Lineup has not yet been announced, so preliminarily we know that Glenn Jacobs will be there speaking. Uh, You might know him as WWE's Kane, the wrestling superstar. He's going to be there. He's a Free State Project member. Wait till you hear him speak. I've not heard. I mean, I've I've been out to breakfast with the guy, but exactly, I've never heard him speak. Oh my gosh, he's he's brilliant. You know, one of the amazing things is you, you you encounter you encounter this guy. And if you don't know this hulking Glenn, behemoth, you know he's walking down the hall. He's above, you know, I'm six four. He's, he's seven bigger than me. Seven he's, feet at least. Big dude, more. you know. And so he's physically intimidating. Just the nicest guy, interested in so many different types of things. And he's just, uh, just his brain is packed with knowledge and the ability to express himself. So when people hear him speak, they'll really enjoy it. So that's going to be cool. David Nolan's going to be there. He's the founder of the Libertarian Party and a man who is pretty disappointed, from what I understand, in where the Libertarian Party has gone in the last 30 years. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruart, the author of Healing Our World, a book that we are constantly promoting on this show. I've never had the chance to meet uh, Ms. Ruart, and this is exciting for me. I don't even Uh, know if I should show her my my copy because it's so beat up and threadbare. That's a good thing, though. It means it's been read a lot. (laughs) It's true. So Richard Heller also from the Heller versus D.C. gun decision. Wow. Richard Heller is a Free State Project member. Oh, be, wow. Are you yeah, serious? Yes, he's been uh, apparently been a member oh, for a while. Oh, man, so. that is so cool. Yeah. So lots hate, oh. going on. John Taylor Gatto, who is oh, a New York, uh, he was, I believe he was in the New York undergrad. State Teacher of the Year. He, he was, yep, Teacher of the Year. And, and then, he's now and broke rank. He, he rebelled. Has, yeah, he's dropped out of the government school system and is now speaking out against the government indoctrination system. Author so of the Underground has, History of American Education. Which you can, I believe, read that entire uh, entirely for free at his website, JohnTaylorGatto.com, if I'm not mistaken. But he'll be there. He'll be speaking. And there's so <laughs> many more speakers. I can't go through the whole list, uh, but I can tell you this, that you better go Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum quickly uh, if you want to save a little bit of money because it's my understanding that the early bird discount is going to be going away. So if you want to save a little bit of money, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get signed up 
as soon as you can. I've heard rumors that it might be uh, the early bird price might go away this weekend. So wow. get on that. Use our discount code to save 10%. That's F, uh, that's 2009 FTL, 2009 FTL. Saves you 10%. We're going to be broadcasting live. Gardner, you're going to be there. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to have you in on the show and a variety yeah. of guests, as we always do. And, of course, we haven't even mentioned the fact that there will be hundreds of Liberty activists there as well. A lot of the uh, the voices that you hear on the phone lines on this show, you'll be able to meet They'll those folks in person. Yeah, you guys are a great draw for the event. And it's you know so what? You know what fun. else is really neat about the the, uh, the Liberty Forum too is you get to meet multiple generations of people who've been involved in freedom. That's true. I had the most fascinating conversation with F. Paul Wilson. Oh, nice guy. Uh, yeah, nice guy. my friend Mick and I went up there. We're, we're just sipping some sipping some scotch or something and talking. And it was really because you know he was around at the time when the Libertarian Party formed up. And when you read his novels, you don't know like okay, how deep is this guy's knowledge? And it's just awesome you're talking to him like wow is that really what was going on is that what it was like he's like yeah well you know and then he's getting the younger guy's perspective you know we're talking about the difference between the hippie movement and the punk rock movement Mm -hmm. and, and comparing notes and just just a blast. It's a wonderful social occasion, a great networking opportunity, and it's a, it's a fun party. I mean, the after-hours hour, after hours parties are fun, too, so there's a lot going on. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can bring up anything here tonight. This, of course, is Free Talk Live, and uh, you can bring up anything. Did you hear that Congress gave themselves a raise again? <laughs> Story is from thehill.com, where a crumbling economy, more than two million constituents who've lost their jobs this year, and a congress and congressional demands of CEOs to work for free didn't convince lawmakers to freeze their own pay. Instead, they'll get a forty-seven hundred dollar pay increase, amounting to an additional twenty uh, two point five million that taxpayers will spend now on congressional salaries. And of course, watchdog groups aren't happy about it. But <laughs> what can they do? You can't do anything about it. You can complain, and you can point it out, and you can say, hey, America, look, they're giving themselves a raise again. And, of course, America, if they notice the story, will you know they'll collectively say, oh, yeah, that's what they do. Congress, they're corrupt. Uh, they give themselves oh, yeah. raises. What can we do about it? We can't do anything about it, so we'll just move on with our lives. Because I think people, a, a lot of people are just defeated. I mean, they don't feel like there is any way to win. We heard that in the one of the phone calls earlier. It was like, what do you do about and, this? And, you know, I can't tell you how good it is to be able to be, able to be around a, a guy who's a kindred spirit like you. You, you know, uh, you see this happen and you say to yourself, these bastards down there, they're mm-hmm. doing all these things. And it goes beyond that because you might you might hear people complaining about that. But you've got the insight. You can look into the history of these things, even looking back to the Constitution and the ideas uh, undergirding the Constitution. Say, you know what? They gave it a shot, but really they screwed up and they did screw up. Yeah. And and these guys are just so intellectually corrupt it's it's almost breathtaking, and you think to yourself, well, it's is it it's just the personalities. That's what you're getting in a typical talk show. You know, oh, it's Barney Frank. He's a personality. No, right. We need the good guys. We need to elect the good guys. It is mechanistic. It. it is government. It is the fact that right. government presents these possibilities, these opportunities, and don't say, oh, well, democracy is good and it's wonderful. We have representatives and no. we have we're not a tyranny. Oh, really? You're not a tyranny. Tell that to somebody who doesn't want to pay his taxes. Tell that to the sheep. Two wolves and a sheep uh, deciding on dinner. That's Dan democracy. It's, right it's tyranny of the majority every way you slice it. And But, of course, we're, we're back now to the government indoctrination centers, which have so effectively trained Americans to believe that, yes, it's the best country in the world, and democracy is great, and this is what it's wonderful to live here. And, you know, I'm glad I was born in America. There is no doubt that our slave masters here are a little nicer than, say, oh, North Korea or Cuba. <laughs> Uh, but that doesn't that doesn't 
negate the fact that what we're dealing with is a slavery situation. And, you know, Gardner, you and I and the liberty activists out there are essentially the new abolitionists. Yeah. I mean, we're the ones that are out there talking consistently against slavery, and we don't want – I know the minarchists, they want minimal slavery, but we don't want any slavery anymore. Right, it's right. time that uh, mankind moved on beyond this situation that we have today. And I think I think we're ready. I think those of us who understand liberty are completely ready to move on. For the rest of uh, people that don't get it yet, well, they're welcome to stay with their masters. I mean, if you want to have somebody tell you what to do in your life, if you want to have somebody else make up some arbitrary rules for you to follow, then I think you should be free to make those decisions for yourself. Just don't force everybody else to play your little game. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. So Congress, ring in the cash register again. They've got themselves an extra $4,700. They need their own bailouts, I guess. Toll-free 800-259. There's the cash register. 259-9231. 259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can dial in and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Your show, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Gar. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive. Dot com. And according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com. Because normal email is not secure, that's privacyharbor.com. Com. So, as always, lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us. And, Gardner, yes, sir. You, you had something from uh, LouRockwell.com? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Good piece uh, on LouRockwell.com that was posted on the 20th by uh, Michael S. Roseff, who's a retired professor of finance who lives in uh, New York State. And it has to do with uh, health care, government health care. Of oh, course, boy. Uh, Barack Obama picking up Tom Hairplugs Dashel. I guess that was his, his experience. You know, the hairplugs thing makes him an expert <laughs> in medicine. <laughs> so therefore, why not centralize everybody under the hair plug czar and uh, mm. and come up with a national health care plan? And they've been moving us in st- stages sure. toward this for decades. So uh, he wrote a piece about because everything works better when government's in charge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a perfect. Somebody ought to make a bumper sticker. Everything works better when government's right. in charge and spelled charge wrong. We need know. to make our health care system more like North Korea. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> So he wrote this uh, good piece. It's called Who Decides Who Lives and Who Dies? 
And some um, unaccountable board of government bureaucrats. Well, you know, it's very interesting because in places like England, and uh, we all know folks, many of us know folks who live in England, Mm -hmm. uh, they do have waiting lists. And based on your malady and your potential for recovery, they make decisions. uh, Yeah, you might not get the treatment. Exactly. If you're too old, bah. Right. You're done. Right. Now, now we were in a we were in a hospital situation where my mother was very ill, and we had to make some decisions. Uh, Do we try to go through with this? Is she so ill but this is all done privately essentially mm-hmm. except for some government uh, government payments where well you know my mom still has some private private insurance so if there were really something going on then then she could be taken care of and we wouldn't have to worry about the government and so we still had that 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 feel that range of of strength to be able to make our decisions around here but That's in good. england you can't do that in mm-hmm. many cases uh, there are waiting lists for transplants and all sorts of ridiculous things, and um, yeah, we have waiting it's lists that here for that. It's that way in Canada that. too. Yeah, uh, but um, you know that that sort of thing is go- is coming even more intensely if we get this uh, national health care, and it's all predicated on the idea that you can't take care of yourself, and uh, small private communities couldn't take care of themselves, even the states can't take care of themselves, and, and you know people are just incapable of handling themselves, so therefore other people who by definition would therefore be incapable of handling themselves will handle themselves and right. other people. Right. Like no, the you don't understand, for, Gardner, they are better than we are. Exactly. See? Exactly. So they're, they're not bureaucrats. regular people. They're special. They've been given the stamp. So yeah. he it's very interesting. He did a sort of an overview of some of the writings of these proponents of who the are national in healthcare. favor of national health care. Yeah. And he started to uncover some of their statements. And I'll, I'll read you. Oh, a, I love hearing bit. I love hearing what these people have to say for themselves. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. It's quite interesting because um, they realize that well, you know, we've got to operate in a, in an efficient way, and efficiency means not letting people decide what is efficient for them mm-hmm. based on their needs, but what is efficient for everyone. And <laughs> if you're a detriment, means, according to them, that's right. If you're slow, you'll be cut off. So he writes. Professor Margaret P. Batten wrote an article in 1987 titled "Age Rationing and the Just Distribution of Healthcare: Is There a Duty to Die?" After 24 pages of intense mental gymnastics that attempted to figure out what people would think about old-age medical care if they were placed in a Rawlsian veil of ignorance, that's John Rawls, of course, uh, she decided that thou shalt kill if there is a substantial scarcity of resources. (laughs) Yes, he says, who will decide that little matter? Who knows? She decided that one need not hearken to thy father, after all, and one might despise thy mother's life as long as the resources released from this will be indeed transferred to the young. She also spoke up for taking older people into, or talking older people into agreeing to end their lives. Her language was... For the good of the community. Yes, and she says, (laughs) quote, absolutely. She says, quote, nevertheless, whether death in old age is feared or welcomed is very much a product of social benef- beliefs and expectations, and these not only undergo spontaneous transformations, but can be quite readily altered and engineered. Ooh, that's pretty scary. Now, now, here's my question. If it's going to happen that older people are essentially going to be sacrificed for the budget of the government health care department, yeah. uh, you know, to keep things in line as much as they possibly can, considering they have no market signals that they're responding to whatsoever, they have no idea what they're doing, right. uh, do you think that Barbara Bush would be put down? <laughs> 
Oh, probably not, oh, because yeah. she's a member of the healthcare you can. Right, she's a member of the privileged class, and she's so even though she's old and she's you know decrepit, uh, we're gonna keep her alive because well, well, she's special. Uh, I mean, there's it, no real other reason. And isn't for it. it amazing the way people can come up with all sorts of nonsense? Like, oh, but she's like America's grandmother, right. you whatever. Know, I, I've heard yeah. this. There's a female talk show host in in Boston, and she just comes up with these dumb platitudes, like. Okay, so let me get this straight. So she was involved with her husband getting paid money that was coercively taken from people to pay his salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the wife of the head gangster. Yeah, yeah. so somehow she's like Mrs. Claus. <laughs> what? I don't get it. How are you coming up with this sort of thing? You know, once you once you recognize the roots of these things, and radical, of course, uh, radius, radi, radish, radical, means going to the root. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you go to the root of these things and you realize, yeah, you are radical, you go to the, the, to the, the root of it, which is what radical means, uh, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. You can see these people for what they are, which is that they're just people. You can recognize I don't know them. if I'd consider it fresh air. Whenever I, whenever I think of politicians, all I think is foul. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but that's you can recognize point. the air for its chemical makeup. How yeah. about that? Well, you know, you look at, you look at these types of things, and, and they, they, they're, they're just such goofballs. You know, I, 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 it's like... It'd be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, why is it that they elevate these people? They, they lift them up to these lofty positions. You know, that somehow um, the, the Carol, uh, Carolyn Kennedy Schlossberg, everybody's so oh, enamored America's with her. Oh, America's royal family. I, who gives right? a... What is that? What are they talking about? It is about? some sort of... I, I, I echo your confusion, and my basic analysis would be that it's some sort of uh, politician worship that has been bred into people, and the media falls right in line with it. Uh, you'll see it you'll see this happening on inauguration day and this is a this is the best example of it because the news media will fawn all over all over the politicians and what they'll do is they'll bring in joan rivers or whatever and they'll have her commenting on oh my god look at the look at how she's dressed oh my god it's so it's so wonderful and she's so beautiful you know they'll, they'll they actually talk about not policy or government or what's okay. you know the coming up in the the administration they're talking about what the you know the the first lady is wearing they'll talk about what obama is wearing they did this with george bush and right. laura bush and right. i'm sure they've done it for years before that and it, i think it's probably gotten worse over time uh where i heard the other the other morning i uh, you know i wake up to the radio basically and yeah. i think it was a week ago it was one of those saturday morning weekly recap shows that they they do on some news yes, networks right. and i was listening to it and they spent one of their news segments on a news show talking about the news the news was, oh, what's she going to wear for the inauguration? Let's check in with the, the designers. They're apparently c- consulting with uh, five different designers, and they're getting uh, auditions for the different clothes. That they, the, the, the whole segment was you know, about what they're going to wear to the inauguration. Maybe what they ought to do if they believe in democracy so much is just have everyone vote on what she'll wear. <laughs> that, that would be, would be awesome. Way. I'd totally vote for a trash bag. Yeah, and we could vote on what the kids are going to do for their future. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fantastic. What you know? That's not going to happen though, because but, but it's democracy. It doesn't we, apply I to want, them. But I, yeah. uh, but I don't. No, it's not. That doesn't work that way. In fact, it's not even real democracy. Not that that's any better. It's not. Uh, that's that's like next to impossible to implement. More on the way here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you do you share my concern for this absurdity, uh, or comment about what you want? It's free talk live. 
This is Free Talk Live, and it is your show, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And it's a simple concept. You send in 3 bucks a month to the show. We take that in, reinvest it, and get on more radio stations around the country, bring new Internet listeners on board from around the world, and help spread the message of freedom as far and as wide as and as fast as possible. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn about it, uh, learn about the perks you get access to, like the amp-only chat room, the forum, uh, amp-only call-in lines. There are a few uh, bonuses that you'll get that regular users to the website don't get. Uh, so if you appreciate Free Talk Live and you want to help us out, please become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. I want to come back to discuss more on this healthcare story that you have, Gardner, but mm-hmm. let's get to the phone calls here, and maybe we'll bring that back in hour number three, because there's sure. more crazy quotes from these bureaucrats, uh, right. these power-mongering Sickos. Uh, but first, let's talk to Andy in Connecticut. Andy, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Gardner. It's Indy in Connecticut. I talk to you guys all the time. Hey, Indy, um, I apologize. Sometimes the board ops don't always ask people to spell their names. Go ahead. I hear you. I'm glad Guard's on tonight. Me too. All right. Thanks, guys. What's on your mind, Andy? Or Indy? Indy? Did we lose Indy? I Indy. Think, I think we lost Indy. Well, Indy should call back. Let's talk to Shep in Georgia. Shep, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, Shep. Um, thanks for taking my call. No problem. What's on your uh, mind tonight? Something that that concerns me, and and all of these issues that you're you're talking you've been talking about are certainly important. But it it seems like they're all kind of like rearranging the the deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, when when you think about the 48 states have signed on to the Constitutional Convention. Oh yeah. Um, and there's only two two holdouts. Now, I don't know how, how long they've been holding out. Wait, 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 wait. hold on a second. 48 states? I thought it was uh, 30-something states, not 48. Because I uh, thought only 30-something was necessary. I, I, wrong, but... I think only like 34 is necessary and they have 32, or it's like 32 and they have 30 or something like that. But yes. Well, that could be. There, there's two states holding out, whatever. Right. Um, but the, the thought that um, uh, if it... If it Goes goes ahead that uh, Pelosi and Reed would be the uh, the main characters in the re, re, recomposition of our government. It just kind of scares me. Well, I don't consider it my government, but I understand that people do consider it their government, uh, and I can understand why people are concerned about this. I addressed this earlier this week on the program, but obviously, Gardner, you weren't here at this time, so I'm not going to say anything about what I had to say. I want to just hear you field this one. I mean, the Constitutional Convention, a lot of people are concerned with what might happen. I mean, it's essentially their opportunity to rewrite the entire thing, should they want to, uh, and let's presume that the two states do come forth and they do manage to get this thing going. Um, How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm pretty worried. I'm I'm pretty worried about it. Uh, I, you know, I was actually over freedomsphoenix.com. I was checking that out, uh, Ernie Hancock's site, and they've got a, they've been covering that a lot. And you, as you mentioned, you guys have talked about it, and I haven't really spoken about it over my my site, um, because, which is libertyconspiracy.com. Right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Visit often. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, you know, it is one of those things that is floating out around out there, and it's uh, it's got momentum, and it is it has. 
uh, the possibility of, of being very destructive. And the reason I think it is very destructive is not only the points that you brought up, people who are in, in the positions of power in the government today, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, and things like that, but just the mindset of so many Americans today. You know, Alexei de Tocqueville, when he wrote Democracy in America, uh, he said that you know when American the American populace begins to realize that they can live off the productive capacity of the producers, uh, then everything's going to fall apart. And right now, uh, as as cynical as I could be to say, well, the Constitution doesn't constrain these people very much anyway. Uh, at least it's written in there, and and you can at least feel that you've got the ju- justification to mention a few things. At, at least you can you can bring up, hey, by the way, you know, there's no provision in the Constitution for education. You're breaking your own or health care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to keep you guys honest. I think the Constitution doesn't doesn't necessarily apply to me because I never signed the document. Uh, and everyone it, it who did is dead. Yes, everybody who did is dead. Uh, but if you guys are going to be signing up for being voted into positions of authority and swear an oath to uphold that document, then you best abide by it. And we know what it says. And here's what it says. It doesn't allow you to do 90 something percent of what you try to do. The very fact that so many people support politicians who do want to do those things. Uh, I wonder does not bode well. No, it doesn't bode well. And so it would be interesting, however, if they tried to do some of these things to pass new amendments and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, we need an amendment. For example, uh, New Hampshire is analogous. I'll just give you a quick example. New Hampshire had and I know uh, that on the call, I want to address this to you, too. This is an example of why I worry. New Hampshire had a Supreme Court decision a number of years ago that said that in the state constitution there was a right to an adequate education funded by the state, which is false. There's nothing in the state state constitution of New Hampshire that even the words adequate education even appear near each other. It's just a complete fiction made up by the Supreme Court justices for political reasons to centralize decision-making to have everything funded from Concord, New Hampshire, the capital. Okay. Now the government doing what government right. needs to do to make sure government stays powerful. Exactly. Now they're running into dif- different problems because in order for the state to do this, they they want to come up with an adequate education. There are all these different debates, and they keep getting lawsuits that say that it's not adequate enough, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Because everybody's got a different idea of what adequate is. Sure. Of course, that they do. So now they want to pass an amendment that will say that the Supreme Court can't can't hear any of these cases, and the legislature will be able to decide what an adequate education is. So they call that pushing back against the court. But what they're doing is accepting the court's language that they invented. Mm. They're saying, yes, the state will have a responsibility. We're going to write it in the Constitution. And they've actually said... So I've where heard it didn't the, exist before, it now it will. It will exist. And this is what, I afraid, what I'm afraid is going to happen on the state side. And they, they don't even pause... When they actually say, well, in the Constitution right now, there isn't any provision for the state legislature to come up with what is an adequate education. Well, I thought it was written in there that the state legislature mm-hmm. had to come up with an adequate education. So therefore, they say, we've got to write it in. So you might have people saying, well, you know, we need to make sure that in the Constitution, health care is a right. Well, that's what they did with the Iraq Constitution. They put in a right to health care and they put in a right to, you know, school in and they put in all kinds of, you know, these, uh, what do they call them, positive yeah. uh, rights or yeah, positive absolutely. Uh, your, your final thoughts on this, Shet? Well, I... Um I think it all comes back to the to the money that the states accept, you know, from the federal, mm. or or rather, 
the money that they're allowed to keep and not send to the to the federal. What do you mean uh, by that? Well, the the federal government is well, the way it's supposed to work, I think, is their their expenses are supposed to be supported by the states. Um, yeah. Like highway they funds. They certainly aren't supposed to be printing out money and taking money from the states and then dangling it back over top of them to get them to be obedient. And I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I thank you, Shep, for the call tonight. I think a lot of people share his concerns about this constitutional convention. But, you know, when this came up this week, my, my first response and the response that I feel most, I don't know, strongly about was one that I didn't really expect to have. It's one that has... Uh, People have called in the past to say that, well, I want to vote for the most tyrannical person so we can get to tyranny faster, so we can bounce you know, back and, and you know, help people wake up to liberty yeah, sooner. Right. And I understand. I'd always, I'd always understood where they were coming from, but I could never actually uh, aid and abet that process. I could never pull a, you know, pull a voting booth lever for somebody who is evil. I could never vote for the lesser of two evils. I could not vote for the, the, uh, the worse of two evils. I yeah. can't engage in actively doing anything to help their process. And so in this case, I'm not doing anything that will help them. But at the same time, I feel as though I should be cheering from the sidelines. I think, I think this is great news because the Constitution today, people can point to it and do the things you're saying. Well, this is supposed to be like this because the Constitution says and you guys are breaking the rules. And you can shout from the rooftops all you want. Get on your radio show. Do your Internet podcast, whatever, and shout about how the government's breaking the rules. And some people will pick up on it and agree with you. But you'll never change their behavior. They're going to keep breaking their own rules. So if they go in and they change the Constitution to have all this socialist stuff just right out in the open, just bam, the new socialist states of America or whatever. I mean, they're right. still going to call it the USA, right. and they'll still have the Bill of Rights, except they'll add on to it. They'll add on, you know, the right to health care, and they'll yeah. add on a right yeah. to this and a right, right to that, all these rights to steal other people's products and services right. from them. Right. And I say, more power to them. Gut that Constitution. And then what are the constitutionalists going to do at that point? The guys that want to get back to the Constitution? Right. Well, now what are you going to do? Because now the Constitution they says can't play socialism. with the government. They're going to have to... I just, to I, I just feel like, you know, let, it, let them throw it right out there in their face what they're doing to people. And I think that if they were to do that, if they were to go gut the Constitution, I think it might help the secession movements. I think it might help galvanize all those people that had at one time wanted to get back to the Republic, just decide, screw this Republic, we'll have our Republic of Washington or yeah. Republic of California or something You're a like couple that. ahead in this chess game, man. Good job. I don't know about that. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Hour 3 is coming up. Anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. Dan Gard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, hopefully, if we get a chance, we'll continue your article a little bit here. Uh, Gardner, it's, actually, you didn't write it, but an article you have tonight mm, right uh, about uh, the government health care, the impending situation with the possibility of uh, nationalized health care, what the government people have to say and the, their advisors have to Utopia. say for themselves. <laughs> Let's talk first to Indy, who I believe is back with us from Connecticut. Indy. You're on free talk. Hey guys. 
Hey. I've tried to be an uh, anti-advocate or devil's advocate for uh, liberty just to prove my arguments. Okay. I had a problem with one issue. I'm glad Guard's on tonight to address this. All right. What if is it? my neighbors have a makeshift junkyard which contaminates my well water, what free market source could I possibly look forward to to address my concern? Oh, that's absolutely fascinating. Um, there are a number of questions that I think would come up. For example, uh, are you both voluntarily part of a of some sort of society? But let's say you didn't have any of those stipulations and you just per, put two neighbors uh, near each other. It's analogous to some of the examples of uh, people who owned farm uh, farmland and uh, railroad tracks were going through and sparks would come off of the uh, trains and uh, start fires in their fields and how do they work that out. Uh, I believe, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I believe that um, various free market participants would come up with their own solutions to these problems. For example, uh, if individuals, you know, you don't know what sort of... um, what sort of resources the person who's polluting has, what sort of resources the person who's uh, being polluted has. Uh, so you would, I think, certainly have some sort of claim in a private legal institution, but it would depend whether or not you wanted to have a private legal institution. Even if you didn't have a private legal institution, what would you do? Would you be at each other's throats, or typically would you try to work something out? Now, I believe most people would try to work something out, and people will work in their mutual benefit. So, for example, you've got uh, a company that is expanding, and you have small houses nearby that, well, you know, they don't really want to sell, but eventually, yeah, you know what, it's uh, the, I'm, I'm going to get enough that it's going to be worth my while. So there are a lot of questions, I think, that are within, you know, that are hidden within your, your postulate, that you can't really answer. You know, why are you polluting? What's what reason? For what reason is it worth something to you to be able to continue to pollute? Uh, versus, I mean, why is he polluting? Uh, versus, uh, what is it worth to you to have the clean water? Uh, there's, there's a lot, lot of unanswered questions right. here, and we can't really be too specific as to how the market would play out because we're not sure what would be in demand. But I think it's pretty pretty safe to say that justice will be in demand in a free market environment. And so there will be private uh, providers of justice. They'd be called arbitrators. Yes. And I think that uh, you would be able to take your neighbor to arbitration, and presuming he wants to keep his reputation, if he has a good reputation, uh, he's going to want to keep it as a good reputation so he's likely to show up and go ahead and you'll you'll present your case and you'll prove hopefully that the, that he is indeed polluting your property and if that's proven then the arbitrator will make his decision and he'll decide in your favor and he'll have to pay some sort of restitution right. clean up the pollution or I would whatever say, uh, con- uh, contrary, Ian and Garth I, I, I think guard it's, it's guard guard mm-hmm. I know guard yeah I know. you got it I think I think you met a tough one here there it's a tough free market solution to land rights and polluting what we don't see under land. Right. Well, well you wait know, a minute. What's wrong things... with the solution? Hold on a second. What's wrong with that solution? How do you get my neighbor to agree to a arbitration or any see, but... type of acceptance of law? See, but this is the thing. This, this is why. This is why I said within your question there are certain assumptions that that you need to ask. For example, uh, if you go back, the the uh, living on certain land just doesn't spontaneously happen. Uh, people move to places, they buy places, 
So what happens is if we're talking free markets and we're not talking government, just like Ian said, when you move into a place, whether you were the first person to move in or someone else moved in before you into another neighboring lot, uh, there would be certain stipulations regarding, well, uh, I'm going to be living in this area. Do I sign on to this legal uh, legal paradigm? Do I want to be protected if there's a problem? Uh, and most of the time, people spontaneously work out arrangements where they can congregate with other people and at the same time be protected. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sign up for the same protection company. It might be like you're buying your home insurance, and the home insurer may require that you ha- have certain property standards in order to get their yes. insurance, yes. and that if you, uh, if somebody else who has, whether they, they have that same insurance company or not, maybe they have a different insurance company, brings a claim against you, they're essentially bringing a claim against your, your providers, your protectors, and they're going to require as part of your contract that you show up to arbitration. Right. Beyond the yeah, fact that you want to protect your uh, your reputation. Mm-hmm. So there could this be all kinds of factors here. Different, this makes for a difficult transition from regular government into freedom, and I just wanted to bring this up tonight, guys. Yes, great point. Nobody said this that, was going to be easy. Point. Nobody yeah. said this was going to be easy, but look, can we talk briefly about what would happen today? I mean, if you pollute your neighbor's property today, what happens now? My neighbor's polluting my property, and the government recourse is slow and painful. And, right. So how and, could it be worse? I mean, I guess my question is, how could the free market situation with competition, where you, we know that competition brings prices down, brings quality up, people are much more satisfied when there's competitors in a marketplace, how could competition and innovation in, in the, the field of system. justice yes. be worse than the government monopoly one-size-fits-all provider? I mean, even if you do manage to drag your neighbor into some sort of government court after a decade or five years, years or however long it ends up taking you to to make it so you can get that to happen if they end up finding the neighbor that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to see a piece of it now i know sometimes they actually do uh in the government courts do restitution and that's great when they do that uh but is there a guarantee that you'll get restitution out of the government courts i don't think so yeah and sometimes when you get into private arrangements uh someone can start doing something that you know maybe possibly it wasn't considered and then if you do have private arbitration organizations that are signatory, that have good reputations, and you can get good response from them, you can go to them and say, uh, you know, can I block this activity? Uh, is this? And if they say, well, you know what, let's work this out, they can say, how much is this worth to you? How much is this worth to this person? So you can arrange these things just like an insurance policy beforehand to say, okay, look, I'm going to be covered for X, Y, and Z. And in the case of catastrophic things, we will both agree to this sort of arbitration, and we will agree to the outcome. At least then you know it's voluntary. Thank you, Indy, for the call tonight. Great good call. question. Good good call. 800-259-9231. And I think, that, I think that reputation will be really important in a free market world. I mean, we know that credit scores right now are pretty important. Right. in the, uh, the, the world that we have. And I think reputation will be similar, but a little more important perhaps than, than credit uh, in that you want to protect your good reputation. You're going to have a tough time getting a good job. You're going to have a tough time renting a good uh, house. If you don't have good reputation, if you don't pay your bills on time, if you're, you know, if you're a slime ball or whatever, people are going to know that, especially now in the information age where we can easily transfer information about one another yeah. over the Internet and things like that. And so even if you aren't dealing with some pre-contractual situation, Situation. Let's say that you know tomorrow the government goes away and we all of a sudden have a free market. Right. Uh, what do you do in the in that in that situation? Well, the arbitrators will pop up because people will d- demand 
justice. And so those who want to provide uh, arbitration services will pop up and they'll compete for, you know, speed of service and accuracy of, uh, of decisions and various different factors. And they'll be competing and that'll be good. And you'll want to go to the arbitrator to protect your reputation, because if you don't go, you'll look like a real scumbag. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. trust the arbitrator, what I love about uh, the, the market for liberty, they answer this question brilliantly in that book, which you can get free at book.freetalklive.com. Audio version. You can. And you can actually get the PDF uh, as well. But they point out that if you don't trust the arbitrator, like if I'm coming to you, Gardner, and saying, you're polluting on my property, now come into my arbitration court and we'll work this out. You could say, well, wait a minute, I haven't heard good things about that arbitrator, so I'm going to hire my arbitrator, and then our arbitrators will then agree on a third arbitrator. Right. It's going to bring costs up, but at least that way you can have the representation you, know, you want. I'm, I'm glad Indy brought up the question of can we get there from where we are now, because that's exactly right. There is a market incentive if all of those artificial government organizations were removed, the market would start to step in immediately. Absolutely. It would have to be a matter of weeks, if, if that, before other organizations would be popping up. 800-259-9231. Jordan's coming up. Your calls as well about what you want. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition. Toll-free number for you to bring up what you want is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Vanguard. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com as we go to your phone calls about what you want. It's Jordan listening to KUSA in Washington. Hello, Jordan. Hi, I'd like to uh, excuse me if I'm nervous. That's all right. um, I'm nervous too. Don't worry about it. I'd like to talk about uh, what I've realized over time in the American education system that I'm still currently in, unfortunately. Oh, are you in the uh, government high school system? Uh, I would... I would assume so, whatever public schooling is. Okay, very good. So uh, what 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 have you learned? Well, not only do they falsely teach us certain things about history and shove a bunch of patriotism and all that false stuff down our throats, I've also noticed looking up stuff like Free Talk Live, Secession, the Free Vermont State Project, they will block those sites. And mm-hmm. I was looking those up in a group, and they froze my computer, and I got talked to for really? looking up inappropriate material that violated school policies. So and you were being monitored? Somebody was actively monitoring your connection, and they saw that you were trying to access prohibited sites, and they actually pulled you aside and, and had a chat with you about it? Yeah, it was pretty unusual, because, I mean, I knew they monitored oh, us man. when we were at school, but I didn't realized they had these people who actually paid attention to the fact, oh, hey, he's looking up something that's quote-unquote anti-American. Wow. I've got a suggestion for you. If you take an opportunity, of course, you're not going to be able to look this up on your school computer, most likely, (laughs) uh, but uh, look up the American Library Association and ACLU's battle against, um, against the Bush administration. Uh, particularly the uh, first attorney general, uh, because what happened was they wanted to install filters on in the libraries, libraries yeah. to stop um, so-called pornographic material from appearing in the libraries. And they said, if any of the libraries take government money, you are going to have to put these filters on. So mm-hmm. the ALA, American Library Association, brought suit, 
and um, and they were able, they succeeded. They were they were victorious in stopping the government. There has already been precedent set, and this is actually something to bring up. Uh, I was going to mention this earlier, Ian, because this is a battle that's going to be ongoing for uh, those people who are on army bases or any of those other government institutions. Um, all of these things can be challenged, and you don't even, most likely, don't even have to go to court. You can just bring this stuff really? up, get some research, and lay it down on their desk and say, "Look, if you want me to mess with you." Uh, I can get an attorney pro bono, and we're going to screw you over big time. That's you better cool take idea. these filters off now, or this is going to be all over the Internet and on national news. But no one else is doing that. So, I mean, you're saying Jordan should take this ball and run I with would it. if I were Jordan. I'd, I'd roll with it. You know, I think that's a great idea. Get, get a bunch of kids together and do it. I want to hear more of the story, though. Jordan, uh, what, what was it that they said when they pulled you aside? You were actually in class at the time, and they came for you? Uh, no, I was actually headed to class, and they called me into the office just as a routine, calling people on a list. How and did they, I how, go in there. Well, wait, how did they know it was you that was doing the surfing? Were you in a specific location at a certain time, and they knew that you were there? Or how how do they target you for this? Well, from what I understand, our, we use separate accounts that well, go on the different on. Right. hard drives and certain things, and they uh-huh. track your history and gotcha. whatnot. So, so each so, student actually has their own login for the system, basically? Yeah, we have our own login. Got it. Okay. So what did they do? They called you uh, over the overhead. Jordan, please come to the principal's office. Or whatever. Yeah, something in the tune like yeah. that. Um, and they just said, hey, we noticed you're looking up inappropriate material. And I'm like, I don't really know what you're talking about. And so they just said, don't do it again or else we're going to ban you from the school computer system. Mm, wow. But what I don't understand is what... Uh, one of you said earlier how it was just aimed at pornography and inappropriate material. I don't get how Free Talk Live or Secession from oh, the United States. Come on, is isn't it obvious? <laughs> isn't it obvious? Uh, Free Talk Live and Secession uh, websites are clearly uh, pro freedom, and the state government organizations, the feds, and the local boys are very interested in prohibiting that kind of information. They don't want that information getting out into the the young impressionable minds of the youth, uh, and and possibly spoiling uh, the essentially spoiling their product. They're gonna- they, they've worked very hard at creating a obedient little citizen, and this show and the websites that you're talking about can destroy all that. All of their hard work will be destroyed in a matter of weeks just from listening to the show. And they'll pepper their rhetoric with, uh, we've got a, it's the war on terror. They'll talk about Columbine, young impressionable minds, just like Ian said. And this is a larger battle, so you know we've got to do this sort of thing. I mean, you know, the conservatives, conservative Newt Bighead Gangrich said a couple years ago that we've got to take a second look at this First Amendment oh, yeah. thing. Too, and he's gone too know, far. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as long as the, you know, you had a, you could have a, a, a panel, you could appoint a, a, a six-judge panel or seven-judge panel, but I would want to make sure that all of those members had had military experience. Oh, I mean, it's almost meaning laughable. They, meaning they know how to follow orders. Yeah. Oh, uh, you man. You know, I've got an additional suggestion. I, I would go to Jordan. court on that. I've got an additional suggestion, though, for Jordan, beyond the, the court route, which I think is a yeah, fine suggestion. Or threaten. Or threaten, yeah, threaten yeah. to go to court. Uh, that'd be interesting just to see what their response was. Yeah, sure. And, you know more than they do. And also, since they don't like you accessing inappropriate material, translation, threatening their authority, uh, threatening their veil of legitimacy, that kind of inappropriate material, well, I suggest you get some inappropriate materials to hand out to your fellow students. Uh, I, I had a young friend uh, when I was down in Sarasota. He was a son of, of, of a friend of mine, and he was a senior in high school. 
and he kind of gotten into the liberty thing and wanted to spread as, uh, as much liberty at his school as he possibly can or could. And so I had these stacks of the world's smallest political quiz, which was uh, invented by the Advocates for Self-Government. Uh, and you can go to quiz.freetalklive.com to take an online version of this. But essentially, these were business size, business card size quizzes. So you could have a big stack of them, and there'd be a bunch of them there, and they're really, really small. People can stick them in their wallets and stuff like that. And he brought those to school and just you know during lunch started handing them out to people. And it didn't cost him anything because these yeah. things are dirt cheap. And besides, I paid for them, so he didn't have to pay for them. And they called him into the principal's office over it. He got into some hot water with the administrators for essentially – I think their accusation to him was like you were distributing – political literature or something like that, which, of course, the world's smallest political quiz isn't political at all. It's it's just a quiz that helps people identify where they are politically. Right. It's 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 nonpart. I mean, it's nonpartisan. Uh, it's 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 not biased. Some people would argue it's biased toward the libertarian movement, and it's not really at all. Uh, so he made his points to them, and of course they didn't want him distributing it, or they wanted him to get permission first, and he went back and just kept hanging, handed them out anyway. So that's what I'd suggest. Find something that you like, but whether it's the world's smallest political quiz or some other liberty-oriented short document, something. I think the quiz works well, though, because it, it, it's not preachy to anybody. It's kind of fun. They get to take the quiz, and they you can could even, plot themselves. You could, even, you could even download uh, shows like Free Talk Live, and then bring them in on your computer or, or burn them to a disc, bring in something, make a club, an after-school club called the Free Talk Live Club. And, Could do and, anything like that, And sure. do all sorts of stuff. Bring in copies of the Constitution with uh, and stash inside the world's small, smallest political quiz. So I love that. It. I mean, essentially, you're bringing in uh, what is the, the new version of contraband into your school and passing it out. So good luck with that. Let us know how it goes, Jordan. And I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam all totally free at freetalklive.com. And I worked today on the uh, the webcam system. We had a we've been having problems over the past few weeks because I'd swapped in a, a new audio card and it was causing the web server to crash. And mm. so I did a little tooling around in the server today. And so hopefully we've ironed out all the bugs. So it should be working smoothly at listen.freetalklive.com. And if you love liberty, then check out Bureaucrash Social. It's the place for you to connect with freedom fighters from around the world at Bureaucrash Social. You can share your ideas, obtain resources, and document your activism, as well as find awesome videos and pictures uploaded by other crashers. Go to Bureaucrash.com to learn more and get involved over at Bureaucrash Social. It's like Facebook, except populated 100% by people that love liberty. That's 
Very pretty cool. cool. Have you been over there yet, Card? No, you should. I gotta go. Bureaucrat Social. You know, we know some of the bureaucrat people, and I've been Pete in their Ayer, offices. Good guy. Awesome yeah. people. Very, very cool. I'm sure we'll be seeing him again at the upcoming Liberty Forum some of the in girls, March. Some of the girls. Oh, the bureaucrat. Yeah, bureaucrat actually has young ladies involved in it, which is uh, almost unheard of in this movement. So dangerous. <laughs> so they must like be doing me. something right. If yeah, you've got definitely. women involved and you're in a, in the Liberty Movement, well, you're doing you, something you right. You guys have the shrine, so. The ladies are on top of you guys, too. Good job, girls. You're on with a very, very hip movement. Good job. <laughs> we continue here. Uh, and we talk to, let's uh, let's go to Gene in Tennessee. Gene, the Christian hey. anarchist. You're on with Ian and Gard. Well, hello. I wanted to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. Thanks, no matter, Gene. Uh, ho, ho, ho. your personal situation is, I hope that everybody has a, a, a great Christmas time and uh, spends time with their loved ones and just has a good old time. Well, I will be spending time with my loved ones doing free talk live on Christmas Eve and Christmas yeah. Day, Gene, so hope you'll be able to tune in. Well, I'll try. I will try to do that. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was earlier you talked about using the uh, – I don't know if it was you, actually. One of the, Either you or Guard were talking about uh, using the Constitution, the knowledge of the rules of the Constitution against those who are always trying to uh, – enslave us right that and was me. That was I, I. I instantly thought of how ian ian you love to use well probably more mark actually loves to use the bible to correct christians when they are being hypocritical mm. and i compared the two and they, they're a perfect match because obviously you can use a knowledge of the bible to show christians when they're being hypocritical when they're not following the rules that they supposedly uh, find valuable, and you can ju- do the exact same thing if you know what the Constitution says, and you, uh, and supposedly these people acknowledge that as the rules that they find valuable. So, so does that mean, Gene, that you are uh, you are not in favor of them gutting the Constitution in a constitutional convention? Um, you know, I, I've mentioned in the past that it really doesn't matter because the Constitution they don't they don't follow it anyway. Right. So it it doesn't much matter, but. The, 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 the value of using that rule book against them is just to show them that they're hypocrites, basically. And Very good, to show Gene. them that they're not even paying attention to their own rules that supposedly they, they hold dear. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, as always. You're and welcome. Uh, and Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you, sir. Thanks, 800-259-9231, and you can bring up what you want. So if they have this constitutional convention, and they go in, and they gut the Constitution, and they add in all these new socialist provisions, and they just throw it in people's faces like, ha, this is the new United Socialist States of America, and here's our new Constitution, and so there. Well, the emperor then, has no clothes, and we don't care. Well, We're then, walking naked. Then Gene won't be able to do that anymore. You won't be able to use the Constitution as your sounding point to say, hey, see, the Constitution says this, and you support this, so you're wrong. Well, now the Constitution says what people are saying they want because they want all these freebies from government, which, of course, we all know it's not free. It's paid for by taxpayers. Right. And this and that. But uh, but then you won't be able to use that point anymore. Then we'll only really have, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You're hurting people. Your, pr- your program to mandate health care 
is hurting people in that you're forcing people just on a fundamental level. You're saying that doctors and nurses and the people that are providing health care services, you have to go to work. You have to go and provide people services, whether they can pay or not, whether you like them or not as clients or whatever. You have to go and do these jobs or, or else. I mean, what happens if people just decide they don't want to do health care jobs anymore? What if the doctors say, well, no, that's OK. I've done enough of this. I think I'm going to go play golf for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to force them at gunpoint to stay in? Well, I've, they could if I've, they were that desperate. I've told people, if you want to get involved in medicine, don't become a doctor. Get into veterinarian medicine. It's less, much less regulated. Absolutely. Even Just, dental uh, dental is far yeah, less regulated yeah, as well. You know, it's, it's really sad and frustrating because they're, the socialist mindset is predicated on the idea that you cannot care for yourself, you can't do anything for yourself, and that if government... And that government will care for you. Of course, the other part of the sentence is left off. The only way that government can supposedly care for you is by, A, doing it less efficiently than the private marketplace, uh, B, stifling people's own initiative to care for their neighbors because they think the faceless bureaucracy mm-hmm. is going to do it, and C, by taking money from people, coercively taking it from them, yeah. and threatening them. Exactly. And that also stifles their ability to take care of their own neighbors because they don't have the resources to do it. Anymore. We're going to extort money from you for your own good. Yeah, it's 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 pretty sad. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about about Gene, the Christian anarchist, and in his, in his call about the Bible and, and Mark and so on, and and, you know, Ian, I think you make a, a really good point, though. If they do this, there will be no other place for the conservatives to go except to say, therefore, I oppose this government. Uh, now, Yeah, will it still be their government? I mean, the, the guy that called earlier used the term our government. I don't consider it my government, right. but I imagine a lot of the conservative government. types still do. Exactly. They still have some sort right. of love in their they heart for a, it. Right, and I think on a sentimental level, I think a lot of people – uh, would not feel very good to see the Constitution gutted because they, they have admiration and respect for some of these figures, whether it's it's because they've been indoctrinated into thinking that Alexander Hamilton was a hero when he was not a hero, uh, or there were some heroes there. There were some good people. Sam Adams, not John Adams, but mm-hmm. Sam Adams was a pretty cool guy. Uh, people like George Mason were pretty cool. The right, they have a warm spot in their letters. heart for it. Sure. Exactly. Uh, the Anti-Federalists out there, um, they... They at least work to try to get the Bill of Rights put in to to say, all right, if you're going to go with this, then can you get this put in there? Um, these people, they were admirable. The people who uh, worked on the revolution trying to bring it about, many of them were admirable. You have Nathan Hale. You know, he's hanged in Coventry, Connecticut. Uh, very heroic guys. You have people like uh, uh, John Hancock, you know, uh, making the Liberty Bell. Um, you have, uh, I mean, Paul Revere. Paul Revere going out on his famous ride, his midnight ride. You know, really courageous guys. So you think... I, you know, I'd hate to lose that. You know, um, it's already been lost. But you don't have it. Right? Yeah, All you have is the piece of paper and the the feelings that it evokes inside you. Yes, yes. You don't have anything tangible. It, it's nothing. Yeah, except, as he said, being able to bring it up to these guys in a rhetorical fashion. And now you won't have that. Right. So, you know, you can vent your spleen at these people to say, look at you. What? You're such hypocrites. You say you defend the Constitution, and yet you use it like toilet paper. Look at, you know, and you can challenge them. Can you find this in there? If they change it, you won't be able to do that anymore. Well, now, of course, they've got, you know, even if you try to bring that point up these days and you're dealing with somebody who's well indoctrinated, they'll bring up, well, everything changed after 9-11. Or the 1955 decision of blah, blah, blah versus blah, blah, blah by the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, I forgot. The politically appointed people who have to be approved by other politicians. Oh, yeah. Mm. That really protects my rights, you know. Yeah. 
So they uh, always have their excuses. I mean, those, right. those conservatives that supposedly believe in small government, except in the military's case or except in, you know, five other different bureaucracies' cases, uh, you can't nail them to the wall on the Constitution even now because they just don't care. I mean, they, if you try to nail them to the wall, they'll just admit that, well – Times have changed, and yeah. now we need to be an empire or yeah. whatever. And I've got the numbers behind me, so sorry. Yeah. Your voice is a lone one in the wilderness. Let's get back here uh, to the story from LouRockwell.com. Of course, moments remain. Still enough time for your call, and that's what the show is about. But otherwise, uh, I want to get to some of these other quotes. Since we're talking about the government and their promises of health care, universal, single-payer, this is what America needs to be healthy again. Because uh, we know it's nonsense. But what do they have? have to say for themselves, these bureaucrats and these uh, policy wonks that are proposing these uh, these ideas. We'll find out here in moments, and take your calls as well. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, and this is the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number for you to get your call in is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com if you like Free Talk Live, and you want to help us out, you can learn how to promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do, most of them completely free, some of them low cost, like printing out flyers. Uh, you can do all that over at promote.freetalklive.com. Again, promote.freetalklive.com. And if you're looking for more great pro liberty audio content, go no further than libertyconspiracy.com, where our good friend Gardner, who is sitting here with me tonight, thank you, my friend, uh, is the host. And there's a yes. podcast that you can get signed up to. Over is the podcast working? Yeah, the podcast I clicked should on be it working. And it looked like it wasn't updated since yeah, June. I, uh, now there's see this is one of the one of the links goes back to our old radio series. Okay. And then the new the new stuff is over there. But I saw get the new the, stuff. Uh, it's front feed. and center. Right. The new stuff is front and center. Okay. And then the iTunes subscription is a little bit further down on the right. But for some reason, Got we it. haven't been able to get the, the RSS feed changed, and it goes back to the old radio. So show. some bugs are being worked out yes. at LibertyConspiracy.com. Uh-huh. But the, but the new, uh, brand-new episodes of the Liberty Conspiracy right there, when you go to LibertyConspiracy.com, the player loads up, and you can just hit play, or you can yeah. click, and you can download the episodes. Exactly. So. And I've been very pleased by the number of people who have been subscribing and supporting. And we have T-shirts now, too, thanks to uh, Bile and oh, Laura, cool. blog of Bile. So thanks, oh, guys. Right They're on. really cool. They're based on sort of Masonic pyramids thing, and it's the Liberty Conspiracy. <laughs> They're all over. It's great. We might as well have our own conspiracy. So join Gardner over there at libertyconspiracy.com and get some extra audio content as we go to your phone calls here. Uh, Jonathan is on the line in Texas. Jonathan, you're on with the Ian and Gard. Hey, yeah. Um, the new passports, they have RFID tags in them. Yeah. And yes. I didn't uh, like the, the, the low security of that. I mean, it's so easy for people to steal information. So I tossed it in the microwave today and nuked it for about five seconds. Awesome. And yeah, it popped and fizzled and all that sort of thing, and now really? there's burn marks on it. That's why they and say not to use the microwave. They say that uh, it's going to leave evidence that you have done something to the passport, whereas if you yeah. take a sledgehammer or something like that, or a hammer, and you it. can find the actual uh, RFID That's chip in there, you can just bash the thing That's to death. That's a great death. idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so sorry to hear that it didn't work out as well as you'd hoped. Yeah, um, is it like... Will I, will I get in trouble if I try to use it now to go I have out of no the country idea. or whatever? I mean, it still identifies you, right? Is it is is your photo burned or right, is it one right. of the? Is your photo no, burned? No, the photo's not burned or anything. I just was wondering if if uh, 
for for tampering with it and and ways like that. You yeah, know, if the they first, would consider that. It's the first thought that comes to mind whether or not they'd let you out of the country if you wanted to use it, or if you went out to Canada and tried to get back, or Mexico, or something yeah. like that in your area. Uh, who knows? They can uh, do whatever they want. I yeah. mean, I guess it probably depends more on the bureaucrat you're dealing with than anything else and how yeah. uppity they're feeling on that particular day. Uh, but, okay. I, I mean, how big of a burn mark are we talking about, and where is it? Uh, it's it's on the back, um, and it's also on the uh, the outside front of the um, the passport. So you but can on see the back, the it's like probably maybe an inch or two or three. It's it's wow. big. I think it's just yeah. a functional thing. It just depends on on who you're you're getting into and in the in the function of it. So so you'll have to try yeah. it and see what happens. What? You'll have to just try it and see what happens. Yeah, I guess so. I just don't want to like you know if it's illegal to do that sort of thing. I'd rather use a hammer so it's not detectable. So right. that's a that's a good tip. I'm going to use that on my next passport. And right, by man. the way, they're going to be starting that in a lot of states now. Uh, they're going to be putting them into their li- their driver's licenses as part of the uh, real ID real ID thing. Yeah. And New Hampshire, by the way, is getting very close to that. Uh, even huh. though the governor of New Hampshire, and this might just be a regional thing, buddy, but uh, you know, uh, in New Hampshire there was a big push. They passed a law that said New Hampshire shall not conform. The governor sort of backpedaled on that because he wants yeah. to make sure he gets highway funds from the federal government. And uh, now it looks like they're going to be instituting these things in a way that huh. they say they're not conforming to it. They're just doing it themselves. Thank you, Jonathan, for well, the call. They're, they're and my- oh. Sorry about that. Good luck, though, bud. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Charlene listening to uh, WSC in South Carolina. Hi. Hey, Charlene. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I I have a concern. I'm trying to um, stay. I'm not really good at talking, (laughs) but um, I'll try the best I can. Um, What it is, I have a situation where um, involving... I was awarded uh, a lump sum check of, from Social Security, and there's been some kind of conflict um, where it seems as though they're sabotaging people from getting their Social Security checks. And to sum it up short, okay, I had asked a, a young lady that I'd met at a homeless shelter to be my payee. And, okay, by February, early part this year, they had gave approval for her to be the payee. Now, I, I was last given the impression that everything had to become as direct deposit, so I had no idea that they would be issuing all checks. I contacted the, the young lady, Brown, about April, and she told me that uh, she had received a Social Security check. And at this point, I didn't even know that it was issuing it out as, as checks. So um, I was sort of kind of like I didn't feel really like sort of like I could really trust her in a sense, but I I because well I. Let me see if I I'm sorry, let me just see if I've got your story straight here. You were expecting to get money from Social Security, but for whatever reason you couldn't take the check directly, so you had to find somebody else to be an intermediary, the payee as you call her, to essentially right. collect the money for you and then you have to get the money from her. Is that the idea? Right. In in the in a sense, but it is it, is like it becomes her check directly it, it indirectly on behalf of me. So it it, it they tell me that it's not my money, but it's really their money. So if it's not my money and it was awarded toward me, she still was allowed to embezzle like about $20,000. Oh, wow. So 
a lump sum check of over $16,000. Why is it you don't have a bank account of your own that you could have just gotten a check cut to you? Because they gave me a, it was court order that I had to have somebody um, receive my check, and I still, because I don't have the resources to get the kind of counsel that I need, I wasn't able to be able to get permission to receive my own checks. Wow, that is very strange. I mean, I don't know much about the Social Security system and how they cut checks and all that, but so essentially you picked a woman you met at a homeless shelter to take uh-huh. her check and for she, you? And she was a security guard, so I had no reason to you think figured that she this was young right. lady was going to steal money and bezel oh, from me. Boy, the way this that is she tough. Did. And the way that she did it was she told me that she received the check, she had cashed it. I didn't even know she could cash it even though my name was on it. And she said she sent me hundreds of dollars cash in the mail, never received. I'm actually thinking that she's sending it. <laughs> oh, man. And so um, I come to find that during this time, this gap of time, about a month, she must have had a statement from them that they were going to issue a Social Security lump sum check. So she would have to try and make them think that I was receiving something that she could wait for the large check to come. So she wanted to just string you along and give you a little bit here and a little bit there and essentially take the rest for herself? She wanted to say that she was sending it to make me think something was coming because she was really waiting for the lump sum check to, to buy come. her the time. Oh, man, and, what a and, mess. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is the strange thing. is I'm, I'm trying to figure out how does the average person know that they can get away with stealing twenty thousand dollars from a disabled person? I don't. I, that's a good question. Maybe she wasn't an average person. That's Maybe she's I'm, done this before. I'm, yeah, I'm Who thinking knows? that she must have had some kind of inside track or something because it's real strange. Well, you know, in a way, it's really guy. it's a sad and commentary it, yeah. on the government system and how it is that uh, you can easily be take it can be taken advantage of and people like you end up left in the dust. And I'm sorry to hear your story and I wish you good luck and getting also, it. Uh, I, I don't know. If, is she still? Are you still with us? Yes. Yeah, I, I was just going to check. This is a disability thing, or yes. is this Social Security for? So uh, a certain amount of this is material that you put in during your working days when you were able to now, now it's gone, and maybe mm-hmm. some of it, some of it might have been more than what you put in, right? Okay, well, in that case, you know, you ethically, you really weren't supposed to get something that you didn't earn yourself. All that said, though, we don't, yeah, we, we don't yeah. really know. And yeah. Charlene, so thank I just you. We're needed short to bring time. that up. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for but, the call. We I mean, we don't really know for no, sure. No, and I don't want to. I don't want to slag on it. That is but, an awful situation. But the government promises to take care right. of you, and then when the time comes, you get screwed. Yes. And now, what do you do? You're screwed. You can go call the representative and see if he can pull some strings. But odds right. are good that they're just going to tell you, sorry. And, and she makes certain plans based on what she's supposed to get, and. Right. She's got to go through these hoops because they tell her, you can't get this. Oh, and it's the okay, Gardner. Says, they care. They care. Yeah, and yeah. of course, and part of the reason of that, of course, is because they want her to hire an attorney to handle it. Briefly, we got to go to Adam in New Hampshire listening to WKBK in Keene. Hello, Adam. Hey, how you doing tonight? Hey. Just super. you got about 20 seconds right at the end of the show. Go ahead with your thoughts. I want to put in my plug for public service of New Hampshire. I've been ch- I'm a plumbing contractor. I've been chasing them around all week as they turn on power and put their lives at risk. They're working around the clock. I'm coming around Troy Common. The yard's that's great. I think that's great truck. that they're out there working, but they'd work a lot harder if they actually had some competition in the marketplace. Yeah, I'd like Thanks to for put the in a plug for me being able to choose. That would be wonderful. We're out freedom. of time. We'll be back on Monday night. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 